I thought I was the greatest multitasker in the history of the world. Like I could be thinking about that meeting and writing that agenda and what I needed to get and somebody's homework and whatever it was and listening and be fully engaged at the same time and found out it's not true. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have Kim Sarah with us, and she is going to tell us all about who she is and all of the wonderful things that she is up to. Take it away, Kim. Uh, thank you, Dr. G. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I am here to talk about love, to talk about how I am so passionate about what love really is. I was diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago. And four months after my diagnosis, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And then he passed away six weeks later. Oh my and gosh. Yeah, it was crazy, right? I mean, you know, you, you're a doctor, you see all kinds of things in the ER and uh, any cancer in any family is not fun. Devastating, but to, yes. I have to double whammy like that and then lose the love of my life was, was nuts in such a short amount of time. But one thing that it made me do is, is question love and the reality of love, the true meaning of love. You know, it's something that as, a, as people for years and years, we've wondered what is the reality? What is love really? You know, songs are written about it, movies, whatever. So I decided that I would dedicate a full year to figuring it out. And so I did. And, and most of the year I was in Haiti and I used this 2000 year old poem that you hear at a lot of weddings. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, etc. And I took one word a month to figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What does that even mean? What is love that is kind? And uh, there are 14 is as an instance of love. So it took me a little longer than a year at doing one a month. But the things I found out rocked my world, just changed my life. And I believe will change the world. Awesome. Wow. And so you have to tell us what prompted you to pick Haiti? Like, why do you have roots there? Or what did you pick Haiti for? Well, I had, I, I'd been to Haiti a few times. I uh, run a nonprofit organization. And when I was healthy enough to go back to work after, you know, dealing with my cancer, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And my dad and I had started an organization uh, that did a lot of work in Haiti. And I, I ran into to the director of the organization 
at the end of the year. And I said, Hey, you know, do you need anything? Is there anything I can do? I said, how about the books, you know? And so I became part-time bookkeeper. Nice. On January 1, 2010. And 12 days later, there was an earthquake in Haiti that killed 200,000 people. Oh, that's right. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I was, I was okay. there. And then I spent oh, um, part of every month there for the next several years. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So I'm sure that people that you met in your path were affected by that. I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, I knew uh, people who passed away. Everyone I knew lost somebody. Oh, and uh, oh gosh. homes devastated, of course, and buildings. And uh, yes, it was a mess. It's it's still, unfortunately, it's a tough country. It's it's a, a beautiful, wonderful place full of beautiful, wonderful people living in really terrible conditions and corruption in the government and yes you know, yeah. all kinds of things that, that make it not so easy to live there. Wow. And then so um while you were there, so so what is what exactly does your organization do there? Well we're a partnering organization. So we work with okay. in their own country who have a mission, a passion, a vision to do something to help people in their own country. And they understand the language, understand the culture, and understand the need, and just need somebody to walk alongside, whether it's a okay. business or whatever it happens to be. We, we help people. So we've helped a couple hundred organizations in Haiti, and we're in other countries as well. Okay. Okay. But I'm sure that Haiti had the hugest need at that point because of the devastation that happened there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. And then so, you know, oh my gosh, there's so much, there's so much there that we could talk about in regard to fear, because I mean, I think about when you heard about your diagnosis, your personal diagnosis, when you heard about your sweetie's diagnosis, when you found out the prognosis for him with what he had, and then when you were uh, faced with his passing and then having to move forward, there's so many areas where fear could have played a role in thwarting your progress. Can you tell, can you share with us the thing that was most poignant to you and how you were able to get through that? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. When I was diagnosed, people would say to me, gosh, why you? You know, you do things to help people. You do this, you do that, whatever. And my response was always, well, why not me? Why would I be immune? No, no one's immune. Nobody's immune. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's not like there's that God is in the sky going, I smite you and I smite you with cancer and you get TB. I mean, you know, whatever that doesn't happen. So nobody's immune to it. You know, it's uh, in our genes. It's whatever it is, it is. And so, um, why, why not me? I, if, uh, I have to have it. I guess I have to have it. And fortunately live in the United States where I had great doctors and great medical care. And so I was never necessarily afraid. I, uh, there was so much unknown. My first book, actually, I wrote about it because there's so much that I had no idea. I had no idea that you make choices. I had no idea. I, I thought you'd go to the doctor and the doctor would say, well, this is what you have and this is what you do. And I didn't know that, that, no, there are things you can choose. And then there are things you need to know. And then if, if this happens, then you need to do this. And 
and that it's great to get a second opinion and you mm -hmm. want to be comfortable with your doctor. And I learned so much through it, but was not afraid. There, there wasn't fear there. Uh, where I had fear more was the fear of the unknown of what my life was going to be. I was madly in love with my husband and yes. he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We know that that's such a bad diagnosis, right? Such a bad prognosis. And they thought that he could live a year or so, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe more. He was young and healthy. I was only 47. And uh, so they thought he, maybe he could live a little longer than that. But our prayer from the very beginning was, Lord, heal him like you did the lame and the blind or the greatest healing of all heaven. I believe in an afterlife. I believe in God. I believe in heaven. And I believe that that's the reward. And my husband was a wonderful, faithful man. And so please, Lord, give him these things, but don't let him suffer. And he did not suffer. He, he okay. didn't suffer. Okay. And so in six weeks. Well, that's a blessing. Uh, yeah, it was a huge blessing for sure. Yeah. Six weeks was fast, but merciful. You know, that's okay. a, it's a hard thing to live with knowing yeah. that you don't know when, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But then just unsure of what, what life would look like. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I had this part of my identity, I guess, was wife. You know, one mm -hmm. of the... Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it wasn't wife anymore. And it was a word that I did not like widow. Like that sounded right. like a 90 year old woman wearing black, you know, right, right. Like 47 year old woman. And, you know, I never thought I'd have to deal with that. And that we should have just died together when we were in our nineties, but uh, it didn't happen like that. Right. So wondering what life would look like was um, a challenge. Wow. Wow. That's, that's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that because I mean, that's, that's a very personal, um, you know, piece of you that you share with us and we really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's like, as you were talking, I, I was envisioning because I'm 47 right now, you know, and I'm envisioning, well, what would it be like if, you know, if, if that was my position and that was what I was told and, you know, we had to deal with that. It's, it's not an easy thing. But it sounds like you had um, your faith that kind of helped you through that, you know, and helped you to have a, a very different kind of perspective about it. And, you know, I love what you said about you didn't want him to suffer. And I think that's the one thing that as a physician for me, like, I never want to see my patients suffer. And if it's a situation where, you know, um, they make a choice where they'd rather be at home, you know, are surrounded by their family, surrounded by not these beeping noises and people checking on in on them constantly. You know, I feel like that's a good choice. I feel like that is the best choice because there is nothing like more peaceful, more like, um, I don't know, more empowering, I guess, even though death, I don't know how death would be empowering, but nothing more, um, I guess that's the word that comes to mind, empowering, then having your people that you love around you in those final moments. It is nothing more terrifying than dying alone. I don't know. I don't know why, why I think this, but like, this is what, this is what I think, because, you know, it's like, I see it happening. I've seen it happen. And it's just not a very, very pretty thing. And um, I think as humans, we just kind of want to, you know, I know, I mean, maybe you'll go into this, but like, we 
one of the things that we want is love, right? And and part of love is is being there in those moments when maybe not the most happy times, you know, and having somebody there to know that as you transition to wherever it is that you you go next, you know, based on your belief, um, that you're not gonna be taking that road alone. I don't no, know. I, I totally yeah. agree. There, there's certainly something about it for sure. And I think, and he was home and we never had equipment. We never had a hospital bed. We had wonderful hospice care, but um, we slept in the same bed every night. I mean, it was just kind of life as usual until the very end. And uh, there's something about having that kind of control, I guess, too, would be a word, you know, that you don't get to control a lot. You know, there's things that they have it in life that you have no control over. And uh, like he couldn't control his cancer, couldn't control right. the fact that he was diagnosed. But so you want to kind of control the things that you can. And, you know, I think about that even with like the choices that we made during that six weeks that that we controlled the things that we could control. And one thing was our, our attitude. You know, I, we couldn't control that he was going to go and that, life was going to change dramatically. We had no control over that, but, but I get to control how I face each day and I get to control that. I want to live. I want happiness. I want joy in my life. I don't want to, you know, wallow in, in sorrow. Um, I want to live and I want to live abundantly and happily and, and contribute to the world. And so, uh, that's something I can control, something I get to choose. And what a wonderful legacy for him. You know what I mean? Like he's living through you and all of that's all that you're doing, you know? Uh, so that is, that's incredible. That's really incredible. Now, um, can I ask, did you guys have any children? Yes. Five, five kids. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, a lot of okay. them. So yeah. he has a living legacy as well. <laughs> He does. He sure does. One, okay. one daughter and four sons. So they're. Wow. They're, that's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They're great. And I don't know what I do without them. And I have 11 grandchildren and. Wow. That's so I cool. Know, just wait. You don't even you know, look old enough to be a grandma. Look at you. Oh, you're so sweet. You're <laughs> so sweet. But yes, I am. And it's so fun. It's, it's, it is the reward for not killing your children. Oh, there you go. Oh, there's a reward. Okay. That's good to know. Good there to you know. go. Yes. <laughs> On those days when uh, you're tempted. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. No, that's neat. That's neat. And so how, so that's another element that, um, that plays a role then, um, as a mom having to continue on without your spouse, was there fear involved in that part of things? You know, that kind of has unraveled over time. Uh, my kids were all grown, so I didn't okay. have little kids that I was raising like that. Okay, that so that's probably was, I was going to say that that's a blessing. I mean, yeah. the fact yeah. that they were grown. Because I, I would get together with women who have, were around my age that lost their husbands and some still had kids at home and yes. they would look at me and go, oh my gosh, I don't know how you do it. At least I've got my kids at home and you're home alone. And I'm looking at them going, Oh my gosh, I don't know how you do it. You know, right. I, I, got little kids still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So either way, but, uh, it's, it's interesting now with not having my husband around because the 
as the kids go through stuff, you know, as they go through things in their parenting life and in their personal life, and they remember things from their youth and whatever. I wish he was here so he could back me up on the stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody remembers things a different way. Oh, and they, they sure do. And I'm like, no, that's what happened. You know, whatever. I wish he was here and he could he could say, no, that's what happened. That's right. She's right. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. To get the backup. That's that's crucial because it's not like you're recording everything. You know, it's like, oh, let's just go look at the recording. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's each person's version of the of the truth, right? Of what happened. Yeah. So that yeah. that does change. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, that's uh that's so interesting. And then so um so you said yeah, wow. How many sons did you say? Four. Four sons. Wow. Yeah. So your daughter, oh my goodness, is she like the youngest or the oldest? Or she's in between. She is actually my oldest biological child. My oldest is uh, from the Dominican Republic, and but he was older when he came into our lives. Okay, and awesome. He was the oldest for quite a while, and then, yes, and he came in. So yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really neat. I was gonna say her situation must have been quite interesting being around four brothers like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, she held her own. That's for sure. Yes. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> no, that's great. Good to hear. I'm sure she's a mighty woman. That's awesome. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. And then, so now you have to tell us, so we got, we got the lead in with you talking about how you went on a, almost like a self-discovery type of um, um, mission uh, over the course of a little bit more than a year, developing each one of those is in within that poem. And so now you have to tell us about the book, right? So tell us about the book and tell us how we can get the book etc. Okay. All right. Well, the book is called Love Is, and it uh, it's available anywhere on Amazon, on uh, my website, uh, in brick and mortar stores like Barnes and Noble and other stores. So it's readily available at all online places where people buy books, you can buy the book. Um, and uh, I start each chapter with what I think 
what I think it means, lo like love is patient is the very first one right out of the gate. So my very first month was love is patient. And so I start with what I think it is. And then I tell the story of what happens in Haiti or wherever I happen to be somewhere, uh, mostly in Haiti. Um, what happens that brings me to the truth about it. And so it's, it's stories. Uh, some are pretty crazy. I was chased by a motorcycle gang. I slept what? outside with, yeah, I slept outside with tarantulas and snakes and chupacabras oh, or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so there's some crazy stories, but um, some huge revelations, like just uh, the things I learned, uh, like, like patients, for instance, I, you know what patience is and I know what patience is, you know, you're not all upset because you're ready to go when the kids are still putting their boots on, you know, or they're oh, going to yeah. be late for school, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's like. But what I discovered is that love that is patient is way different than that. So I believe you're supposed to love everybody. And so if you love everybody, love that is patient would say that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. That what's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. That this is the moment. So you give your full attention to the person you're with because you love them. And so showing love that is patient is giving them everything you have right here in this moment. Instead of thinking about your to-do list or you gotta stop on the way home, pick up milk, or the, there's a meeting later today or whatever it happens to be, but to be fully focused and fully right here, which to be honest with you, took me a whole lot of practice because I thought I was the greatest multitasker in the history of the world. Like I could be thinking about that meeting and writing that agenda and what I needed to get and somebody's homework and whatever it was and listening and be fully engaged at the same time and found out it's not true. Right. It's, not, it's impossible. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's impossible. And then I assumed what people were saying instead of really hearing what people were saying. Uh, and yeah. so when you stop and you really listen, then uh, you have conversations instead of confrontations. And uh, you're not waiting with your rebuttal, you know, knowing that they're going to say this because they're whatever label you put on them or whoever they mm -hmm. happen to be but they're people because people are people right. all over the world. And so honor that and let people be who they are, who they're created to be, whatever that means to them. Because we don't control anybody. We only control ourselves. Yeah. And so let people be who they are and then love them for who they are and where they are and be in the moment, be in the moment. Show love that is patient. Wow. No, that's, that's good. As, as you were saying that, I was like, man, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> like often. <laughs> I like, man, I need to be like, focus on my patients more. <laughs> I need to <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I mean, as a mom with all these little kids, and I remember those days, like making dinner at the end of the day was such a chore. And so I'm making dinner and somebody's pulling on my leg and pulling on my, my leg. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, what do you want? And I don't want to stop making dinner. And, and I really believe that had I known then what I know now, I would have stopped for a minute. And given whatever child that was my full attention for a minute. And it probably would have taken 30 seconds for them to tell me they're going to the bathroom or <laughs> what's 
just, you know, I wouldn't have taken that long. And then I could come back to it instead of being nagged and nagged and nagged. And so to, to stop and, and give the moment, uh, you oh, just great parenting tip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> oh man. I just think of all the times mine are like, well, I mean, mine are older now. Not, 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 I mean, the youngest one is 10, but um, yeah, I do remember the pulling on the leg thing <laughs> that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. One of my sons would poke me in the arm. He just poke me and poke me. I, I think I have a hole in my arm where he used to poke me all the time. And he was just relentless until I stopped what I was doing. Man, I always had he demanded break. your attention. Look at that. <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> what does he do now? What is he? Uh, he become? works for NASA, actually. See, look at that. You see, that yeah. takes like determination, right? I mean, this is why he, he's building that skill. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked. Whatever it was, it worked. Yeah, 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 no, it's true. And that's kind of why when um, my children do certain things, I'm like, I'm kind of annoyed by it. But then I also realize that this is their way to develop that piece of their character that's going to help them to be successful, right? Like, so for example, I have one child that does not really take no for an answer. She will literally, she'll, she'll hear you say no, and then she will just reframe the ask and she'll come back again, or she'll wait until there's a moment where you're vulnerable and she'll ask it a different way and, you know, try to get it in. Like she is relentless in her pursuit for what she wants. And I think that even though that's annoying to, to me right now, I know that that's something that's going to serve her well in the future. Cause she's just not gonna let, you know, she's, she's going to get what she wants basically. Yeah. Good for so, her. Yeah, that's what I was like, yeah. you know, yeah, I think it's annoying, but it's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Drive mom crazy right now, but you know, have success in the future. So it's all good. Fantastic. All right. So now you mentioned also that the book you mentioned is it's available in brick and mortar as well as on Amazon, but you also mentioned that it was available on your website. So if you don't mind, can you spell out the website and then say it so people can, you know, have it both ways so that they can go look you up? Yes, absolutely. Well, the, the easy way to get to my website is love is info. Okay. And my website is kimsorrell.com. And I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world because there are way too many letters in my last name because there are two R's and two E's and two L's. It's S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. So kimsorrell.com. But loveis.info is the way to get there. And there's other fun stuff on my website too. And I love to connect with people. And uh, it's, it's been an amazing journey, I have to say, um, this whole journey that I went on and then being able to share it. There are people that are using the book like in small groups and in, in book clubs and families oh, nice. are buying it and doing a chapter okay. a month together. And uh, so it's, it's been really great. Uh, and so I'd love to connect with people like that. And sometimes they have questions and, and I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm happy to participate in whatever. So it's been fun. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Oh, yeah. So definitely, um, Tribe, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> Go out and get the book and support Kim because I feel like, you know, from what we've even discussed here today, there's been such great value. So I just know the book is going to be chock full of value. 
that would be life-changing? Because it sounds like the book, writing the book, developing the concept behind the book has changed your life, Kim. So it tells me that those that read it will also have, are also in for a life-changing experience. So that is very inspiring. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the for the props. I appreciate it very much, but I, I really believe that that's true. I think we need to start a love revolution. You know, we need, we need to love each other more for sure. It would change a lot of things. A lot of it things. Would, would. <laughs> <laughs> Tear down those walls that are exactly. Between, right? Oh yeah. my gosh. It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. I tell my kids like, you know, cause um, I mean, now we live in a different, we don't live on the United States anymore. Like, you know, we live on the um, Asian side of the world, but like, um, you know, it's just so funny. Cause you know, what they realize is literally like, Hey mom, yeah. You know, that is this a different, like uh language is spoken or this is like, even when we went to Bali, like, they're like, Oh yeah, it's the same. Like, it's all the same. Like everybody's the same. And I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you that <laughs> we right. just speak different languages. Like, you know, when we communicate with each other, but honestly, like we all want the same things. We all want some semblance of love. So whether that is, you know, like a partner, children, family, you know, have some semblance of love and we want to be able to better our community in some way. We want to contribute to the community and we just want safety, right? Like we want some semblance of safety too. So, I mean, we all kind of want the same things, no matter where we are from and no matter what language we speak. And it just like, the more we travel is the more that is solidified, that whole concept. So they're seeing it and they're like, oh, wow, this is so neat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What a great thing to teach your kids because it's so true. You know, people are people are people. And uh, we tend to put labels on people. And then when we, when we label people, then we make assumptions. And, and none of that is good because, you know, you're Dr. G and I'm Kim. You know, we don't, we don't need any other labels than that. And, uh, but here we have such a political divide because we've got Republicans and Democrats. Well, you know, get to know people. There's still people, you know, on both sides of the aisle, there's still people. And get to know people and and it's interesting to find out why people believe the way they do you know i believe yeah, that everything yeah. that that we believe everything that we are is is a product of every day we've lived so far so we all have room to grow and Absolutely. we all have things we can learn so just yeah. by communicating talking really listening can make a big difference and stop labeling people conversations it comes down mm -hmm. to conversations yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so true all right lady so um we are at the um tradition on the show which is fill in the blanks are you ready i am ready okay fantastic all right the first one is if i am fearless i will be limitless love it love it okay and then the next one is to me fearless freedom means that I have the ability to change the world. Awesome. And then last but not least, my battle cry is. Love the world, love everyone. Love never fails. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You know, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate your candor. And we definitely appreciate what you are contributing to the world. So um, thanks so much for being on the show, Kim. 
and we look forward to your book. Look forward to checking it out. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. You're you're amazing. I love your show. Everyone should listen all the time. It's great. Thank you. <laughs>